0: Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Let's just continue to just stay in the presence of God like, like we just did in, in the worship and in everything and just recognize that God is here, that the Holy Spirit is here. and that he wants to encourage us. So let's just pray for 10 seconds and just... God, thank you for for putting us together in this room right now. Thank you, God, for knowing everything about us. Thank you, God, for knowing everything. Thank you for filling us right now. And I ask you for for open hearts. And I ask you for the spirit of grace to just fill this room and to fill us. In Jesus' name, amen. For today, I have... I've been having... Quinton's, Pastor Quinton's message from a couple of of weeks ago on the Vision series, Heavenly on My Heart. I've been listening to it as he speaks about what we really are about as this church, what we really want to see. We want to see, we want to be a healthy, a strong church, a multiplying church that brings the presence of Christ in this region and in this city. We want to be a force of Christ in this city, and none of us here are spectators. Everyone is invited to be part of it. I've been listening to that. I've been listening to Justin the week after about how the heart of God is in the local church, how everything God wants to do, he does it through the local church. And go back and listen to those on the podcast, the Vision Series, because, and we're also in a season now where we have been fasting as a church, we've been seeking God, and where The next step, and we even talk about the next decade, it's quite of a special place to be right now, a special thing to be a part of. And even if you didn't get to be part of the fasting, you are still part of the family, and we're still kind of going in this direction together. So I've been asking God, I have this one message that I could do today, and I've been asking God, how how could I encourage, how could I underline what, what you're already doing in the church right now? How could I bring something? Or what would you bring to kind of encourage that? And I feel strongly about God wants us to remind us about what's been obviously the entire service today, about the Holy Spirit, the fact that He is here, that the fact that God builds through His Spirit, the fact that He is near. And I feel like God wants to refresh us today. I feel like God wants to awaken us today. I feel God wants to encourage us today. Because we're not building this church out of enthusiasm or by our might or our power. We build it through the Spirit of God, he says. That's how he built his church. So today I'm not going to do a systematic teaching on everything about the Holy Spirit. That will be amazing to do in 25 minutes-ish. So I would rather, I I would share something from my heart. I would share from the Bible. I would share, maybe have some words. All I want for you is to feel at home, feel comfortable and just relax and just see if anything that I said today will encourage you. Sometimes it gets weird when we speak about the Holy Spirit, but it, it doesn't have to be that. I'm quite normal. I'm a normal, I actually have papers on that, by the way. Because I was working with a, a psychologist, and uh, she needed to test, she needed to train herself in like testing people for everything from diagnosis to giftings. And she was asking us at work, "Is anyone wants to be tested about anything?" And everyone, all my colleagues were like, "No, I don't want to do that." And I said, "Yes, I want to be tested." So I actually sat an entire day just doing like gift test of giftings and stuff, and all day I did all these psychological testings. She basically said that, yeah, you're normal afterwards. (laughs) Maybe, uh, yeah, thanks. So somewhere out there, there are papers proving that I'm a normal person within the range of normality, whatever that is. Yes, I know, I know. Who would have known? So I expect the Holy Spirit to just continue what it's doing already today and just be here and encourage us. And, what is, and there is one word that I felt like God was saying today. It's from John 16, 7. And the context of this word is like, there's kind of in the, yeah, in John's writing, it's kind of like dark shadows are waiting. Like, Jesus is getting closer to Calvary. He's getting closer to, to the crucifixions. and and the, And the The disciples are getting closer to Jesus leaving them. It's kind of dramatic. And this this is where Jesus says this word. And I would think that what he's saying right here is, I would imagine that to be a little bit of a shock for them to hear. This is the last thing they want to hear. They've been sacrificed everything for Jesus. They've been walking with him. He's the Messiah. And then he says something like this. He says to them, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is word to us. This is word to each and every one of us in this room. He speaks to his followers. He speaks to his believers. He says, it's better for you that I leave so you can get. It could be translated, it's for your benefit that I will go away. Because then you will get the advocate. Let me assure you, it's better. It's for your advantage. Basically, he's saying, if you understood what is given to you in the Holy Spirit, you would be glad that I will leave you for heaven. Because it means that you get the Holy Spirit in you. I think that's a shock for them to hear. We're going to go back to this. Let's put this there. I'm gonna go back to this and just rewind a little bit from the Old Testament actually. I'm just gonna mention very shortly, like when the Holy Spirit, when the Old Testament speaks about the Spirit, it used a word that I don't probably don't pronounce it right, but it's uh, interesting. Ruach is the word for that is in Hebrew. Every time, every time it says spirit of God, spirit is the word ruach. Yes. Ruach Elohim, like the spirit was hovering over the waters in the beginning. And it actually means breath being blown violently. It could mean violently moving air. (laughs) Uh, It's a picture word. It's a word that means movement. It's not a gentle breeze. It It suggests an invading force, exercise of power, dynamic activity. We know Ezekiel 37, the valley of the dead bones. The Spirit of God breathed, breathed on it, breathed new life, made it come to life. That's the, When the Spirit is mentioned in the Old Testament, that's the kind of word. Breathing out. Breathing with great violence. Other pictures are water, fire, oil, dove. There's a lot of things in that. But the phrase Spirit of God in the Old Testament approximately a hundred times it mentioned. And every time it mentioned the Spirit of God, it's about God doing something actively. It's about God making a change. It's always about something changing. Always something comes to life. Always something happening. And even now, I think when we speak about breathing life, I think someone in here also, you kind of be feeling like, it's almost like I've been withering a little bit on the inside. It's almost like I've become a little bit smaller on the inside. I just kind of feel like someone is thinking that. It's almost like I've been kind of going back on the inside, withering. And God is here even today to just breathe new life, to just breathe his life. That's who he is. That's the work of the Spirit, to breathe life again. And this is just amazing pictures of how the Old Testament speak about the Spirit. And Jesus comes Continues with that, but it changes it into making it personal, and that's what I want us to get from today. That it gets personal when Jesus speaks like this. The Greek word in is still pneuma, that is, is breath, is moving, is wind, but it's, it gets personal. The way they write about it is that it's a he, it's, this, it's a personality, and this brings us back to the the words that I, from John 16. When Jesus says, It's better that I walk, go away, and I will send you the helper, the paracletos, if that is the the right way to speak it. He didn't speak much on the Holy Spirit, he didn't teach much on the Holy Spirit until up to the Last Supper. And you have on John thirteen to seventeen, he says, and it's difficult to translate that word, the helper or the advocate in English. If you would try, it would, it would mean something like, and I was speaking to the spirit he left you and me, the counselor could be a nice translation, the advocate, the helper, the comforter, the encourager. And interesting, Jesus even is referred to as helper in First John. But the word helper, paracletos, means one that comes up beside you. It means coming alongside. Coming beside you. But Jesus takes it even further and speaks of him as being with us. And he speaks of being in us. To come alongside, to help you, to walk with you, to be in you. That's how personal it gets with Jesus. And for me, just this word, like what Jesus said, like, I am leaving this with you. The Holy Spirit, I am coming to you. It's Him with you, beside you, and in you. For me personally, I lean on that. I, I really lean on that in my life. I, that's. I wait for it. I seek it. And I find all the courage I could find in the fact that Jesus says to me that, you are not alone i am in you i'm with you and let us read a word from john 14 and i want to as i read it and as you can probably see it on the i want you to just kind of look for the intimacy in these words look for the beauty in these words because now jesus speaks about this and this is better than me being physically here jesus said this is better because this is what you get. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you, and that's us, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live and you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. And in the w- verse 23, i just read it here is, My Father will love him, and we will come to them, Jesus said. We will make our home with them. Do you see the intimacy? Do you see the closeness, the nearness in what Jesus speaks about here? These words or these descriptions describes an intimacy with the divine God that has only been seen in the Garden of Eden, I would say. The way he describes the intimacy, the way he describes the nearness, it's its astonishing when he said, we would come and we will make our home. We will live in you. This is the kind of intimacy we saw in the Garden of Eden. God and man walking side by side. This is the way Jesus speaks. So I do understand what <laughs> I think a little bit of what he means. This is better for you. It's better for you that I... <laughs> I have to leave, he says, but I will send you that, and he will be in you, and we will take our home in you. And he beautifully speaks about the Trinity in these verses as well. So instead of external presence of Jesus, we have internal presence everywhere we are. It's a remarkable intimacy. Wherever you go right now, wherever you go through right now, the Helper, the Holy Spirit is alongside of you. He's beside you. He's with you and He's in you right now. And this is also the concept of what Jesus says, peace I live with you, not as the world give. Do not let your heart be troubled. He speaks about His Spirit. Just take two seconds and just think about this. And the way the Spirit is mentioned in the New Testament, says a lot about what the Spirit are able to do. Because the Spirit is sent to us to show, to take from what is God and, and apply it to our lives, to apply it in where we are. So the way, some some of the names of the Spirit actually encouraged me to, to, to take part of that. He's mentioned as the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of adoption. You might have been rejected, you might have been like put away, but the spirit of adoption is God's Father. The spirit of adoption is in you. That's just there's just one name of the spirit, but it says so much. If you are rejected, you feel rejected, you feel like hey, you've been put away, but the spirit of, of adoption is in you right now, working in you, even when you don't see it, he's working. Spirit of truth, spirit of promise, spirit of life. In Hebrew 10, spirit of grace. Here I want to say something. You might feel like, I just want to say that the spirit of grace is in you. The spirit of grace, that's one of the names for the Holy Spirit. And you might feel right now that you are not worthy. May You actually feel that you can't be forgiven or you can't be changed. Someone feel like you are. You feel like you are hopeless. You are unlovable. And these are not things that you speak about. So no one would think that about you. But there is something in you that feel like I am not able to change. The spirit of grace is in you. You are filled by His spirit. It's your seal of salvation. You know, if you believe Jesus is your Savior, you have this. You have the Helper advocate, the comforter in you, also named the Spirit of grace. So let him work on that. Let him do what he wants with that. Let him help you put that into words. Let him help you unfold that in front of God if you feel like that. Because all of this is not if you pray hard enough or if you never fail. No, Jesus says this is This is what I leave you with. This is better for you. Everyone. When I was newly saved, I was kind of, or or even like years ahead, years after, I was, this troubled me with the Holy Spirit a little bit. It has to do with the context I came from and everything, but I would be on fire. I would be on like witnessing and reading the Bible, but I would be very like, do I really have the Holy Spirit? Do I really—I uh, I didn't really know about that. I—I I, I was unsure about it. And I'm talking about having the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about being filled with the Spirit, and you can experience a lot of things. But I'm talking about having the Spirit when, as you are saved. And there was one word that actually helped me a lot, and I want to read that to you: Ephesians 1:13. How do I really know? In Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. In this time, a document, legal document, after the signature, had a stamp, a seal. And that seal was a guarantee of authenticity. And if you are here right now and you believe in Jesus Christ, I'm not asking you to be perfect, but you believe that Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is my Lord. You have the seal, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You could not say that. I was, in this time, I was confused. So I went to, there was this preacher that had amazing stories, amazing things happened around him. And it was a lot about the Holy Spirit and all the craziness that comes with it sometimes and i went to him and i said you have to pray for me why cuz i don't know if i have the holy spirit or not i want to have the holy spirit and then he just asked me this was in a yeah he just asked me do you believe in jesus christ yes is jesus your lord yes say it he said and i said okay, jesus is my lord yeah i don't have to pray for you he said you have it you couldn't be able to say that without the spirit in you when you're saved You can't go around saying, like, Jesus is my Lord without the Spirit. Because the Spirit is the seal of of that salvation. So this helped me. And as I got saved, the, the, the area of the Holy Spirit, like I said, was a bit confusing for me. I was the one being a bit uncomfortable when people spoke about the Holy Spirit, even as... Saved I, even as being like active, and I was doing a lot of things. I was I would I would be the one being a bit uncomfortable if someone like me today said, "Hey, today I'm going to speak about the Holy Spirit." I would be a little bit ah, maybe I should go and do something else. And just because it was it wasn't something that I was like oh, comfortable with, which is ironically because his name is the Comforter. But what did I know? Um, and there might be a. Bec- and you might be even be here today and f- have met people that have m- made this strange for you. That I kind of made this into if you are believe enough or if you are good enough or forced you to stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of that kind of saddens my heart because what, who Jesus speaks about is the helper, the encourager to come alongside, put your arms around you, show you God. It's warmth. It's graceful. So do not let anyone, even me here on stage, do not let anyone define that for you, how the Holy Spirit works. Because the Holy Spirit is amazing. Think about it. Jesus says it's better for you. It's for your benefit that I will send the Holy Spirit to fill you. It's better for you. So do not let people kind of redefine that for you. For me, it started, I didn't seek the Holy Spirit. For me, it started, I get more and more desperate to get to know Jesus. I get more and more desperate to see in Jesus, to know Jesus, to really know him. That's still a desperation that fills my heart, that's on my heart. I want to see him. I want to know him. I, just don't, wanna, I don't just want to do stuff, I want to know him. And that's what started for me to the accounters with the Helper, with the Advocate, with the Holy Spirit. It started there. It didn't start like I want to experience great things in the Holy Spirit. I just had as a desperation for Jesus to know Christ. And that's where I started to experience these things. I started to feel like the Holy Spirit actually was here, actually was moving. I had a lot of experiences that was great and uh, I could talk a lot about, but I won't do that today. But basically what happened is the Holy Spirit becomes someone that I appreciate so much walking beside me. And that's even today when I go to work. I could do my work, but I could also do my work asking the Holy Spirit to just be near. The advocate, the helper. That could be so easy to just in a conversation with someone. I could encourage them and say something nice. But I could also, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to... They want me to say, and often for me, it actually the Holy Spirit also works with empathy or listening. Sometimes I feel like I'm listening a little bit more than I would normally do. I take it in in a different way. Um, maybe speak to someone and just suddenly feel, ah, I feel for you in a way that is above me, more than me. And I do think it's the Holy Spirit that it walks beside me and walks beside us to kind of do this. It's better for you, Jesus says. Holy Spirit can break heaviness. And I've experienced like sensational things and seen things but I would much rather have this sense of God being with me. God with me every day. Much more than having to give a prophetic super word to someone or fall in the spirit or whatever. That's I think that's good. I think we should prophesy much more. We should be comfortable with that. But for me, what really counts more than anything is the sense of being near him, the sense of him, that intimacy. When Jesus said, I will be in you. You will know that I am in you. That's what I want. Just this Thursday in school, I was sitting at a lecture. I just had, uh, yeah, just worried about like things that I need to do in this semester and stuff. I just have a sense of the Holy Spirit being there. And I can't even put my finger on it, but then suddenly I just felt like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> it's possible. The anointing of the Holy Spirit makes things possible. I still have to do the same work. I still have to probably sit up late doing it. But it kind of changed the, the, the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, the helper, the encourager that Jesus says, I leave that to you. So do not limit the the Spirit to sensational experiences. God longs for you every moment. Every moment. When you feel ashamed of something, the Holy Spirit is there to to bring something from God in that situation. When you feel embarrassed for something, He's there. When you are frustrated, He is there. When you, you are overwhelmed, when you are exhausted, there He is. Because he left, the Holy Spirit is in you, besides you, in you, and with you, doing the, the, the advocate, the helper. I'm just getting more and more aware of how intimate the relationship with God is through his Spirit. And how less I make it into big things and weird things, the more I've actually noticed it in my everyday life and experience it. Like John 16, the Spirit will bring glory to me by taking from His mind and make it known to you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. In this situation, when you're overwhelmed and everything is just chaos, Chaos. that's where He takes from God and, and bring that to you. Corinthians, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the one who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Speaking about what no eyes have seen, no eyes have heard, you know the spirit brings that. I want to quote something uh, this is just for a, a professor. Donald McLeod is a professor in systematic theology in Scotland. I just like this qu- quote because we need this to be normal. We need this to be a normal part of our lives. He says about the Holy Spirit, He does not possess us as demons possessing people or overwhelm us depriving us of the use of our own minds and wills. Nor are we absorbed into him as in some great mystical ocean. Nor is he intoxicant, destroying our self-control and giving us drug-like highs. He guides us, he teaches us, he witnesses, he advocates, he helps, he encourages, he intercedes and assures, and he expects us to listen follow Him, and above all to keep in step. Right now, you might hurt from something right now. Let the Holy Spirit put that into words to someone. Let the Holy Spirit help you For bring that to someone in church or someone you trust. That's what the Holy Spirit makes that easier to do. Are you discouraged right now? Let the Holy Spirit help you seek help to someone. Let the Holy Spirit reveal the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace, who have authority of peace. Nothing could, can, can, can shake the Prince of Peace. If that is you, let the Holy Spirit again awaken that, remind you of that. Have you lost love or interest for a friend or even from a spouse? Let the Holy Spirit come and breathe life again be open for that let the holy spirit come and breathe again are you tangled up in sin let the holy spirit convince you of your sin and confess and that you are clean like